name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing about how to measure progress as a teacher. So as this is going live, it's the end of 2019 and a time where people are often thinking about reviewing the past year. Right now, we're reviewing the past decade for a lot of people as we move into the 20s. So it's important to think about how you want to measure. Are you growing as a practitioner or teacher? What metrics should you really even think about? Should you even think about metrics at all with yoga? Isn't it just about a practice of being? So I'm gonna share all about that today and what that could look like for you. And today's episode is brought to you by the Mindful New Year Retreat. You can learn more about mindfulnewyear.com and check out there's a three-day, a one-day, and an online retreat to plan your whole year ahead. Review the past year and plan the next year based on yoga, Ayurveda, and Vedic astrology. Today, though, it's all about establishing a sort of metric for yourself as a teacher or not. So maybe you don't want to measure yourself as a teacher, but I'm going to share my own perspective and I encourage you to disagree, challenge me, find your own opinion and perspective. But I've been teaching now since 2011 and every year I do my own sort of review process. And this comes from a lot of trainings and different productivity methods, coaching methods, therapy, therapeutic methods, and applying that to what I'm learning and growing as what I'm learning and how I'm growing as a teacher and practitioner of this thing about embodiment, about presence, right? These things that we do in yoga, there are ways that I've found that I can measure that maybe I am growing or maybe I'm stagnant or maybe I'm not being fully honest with myself. And areas of actual just technique and skills and know-how that are important to being an effective teacher and communicator, right? So there's a lot of ways you can look at it. And I'm not going to say that I have the only way or the best way. I'm just going to share a way that might be helpful to you because I find it helpful for myself. So for me, early on in learning how to be a yoga practitioner and teacher, I had so many questions and so many things I didn't even know that I didn't know. It wasn't until I actually signed up for a teacher training that I realized just how deep and vast the world of yoga is and how much there is to learn. And that, you know, by the end of my teacher training, it's a common thing that people say. It's like I finished my teacher training and realized uh, I'm ready to be a student now. I'm not ready to be a teacher. I'm ready to be a student, right? So I did, you know, and it is important if you are finishing a teacher training that you do just start teaching as soon as possible to apply what you're learning. But really, it's becoming like to be a teacher, you have to be the best possible student. So there's no better way to be uh, a, a deepened practitioner than to become a teacher, So I learned that early on, that there was much more to yoga than the surface, just postures and poses and stretching. And then I learned that there's even more beyond that. And there's there's all these gaps that I started to pick up as I was going through my own practice and teaching. And somebody would ask me about their knees. And I, for years, really, I kind of knew what the knees do and how they work and what relates. If someone has knee pain, some things they could do, but I wasn't really confident in myself. And that people talk about the uh, philosophy of yoga. And there are certain things that I really got, but there were a lot of things, and there still are really, a lot of things that I don't know much about. And I'm still learning daily as I continue my own practice. But there are some things that I've uncovered over the years that if I say, okay, this was a real key important thing, and that made a huge difference in how I teach. Something like, what one of my mentors told me about teaching of when I noticed I was getting burned out, and I haven't shared this yet, but I will share more about this in the future. 
But she said, essentially, it's not about you. So if you're going up there and you're feeling like drained or insecure or afraid to be in front of a room teaching and doubtful if you have the skills to be able to, to teach a class, the attention is all on you. It's not on the students. It's not on the sequence or the class or how to help people. It's now this fear-based mindset on the self. And that's not helpful to you. It's not helpful to the students. And it can be hard to break that, but what... I learned is to be essentially a channel and I had two great mentors early on who would say just sit at the front of the room and become open and receptive and let it come out from there so whatever is going to be taught today is not coming from my ego me trying to impress people or trying to prove myself but it's more about allowing this to come through me so that's always first and foremost. If we're going to talk about measuring progress or growth or transformation as a teacher, I think it's got to start there from that spiritual perspective of knowing that it's not really about you and you will learn different skills and perspectives and techniques that are helpful, but it's got to come first from this place of service and not from a place of proving yourself or ego or look what I know that you don't know and you know I'm right and they're wrong that is not conducive to the practice of yoga which is about remembering you know there's a lot of definitions but to me one of the aspects of it is seeing that we're all interconnected and seeing that there's nothing to prove there's you're not you don't need to earn love you don't need to earn respect or appreciation of people you have everything you need and the students that come to you have everything they need and we're just here to have this experience of being human and support each other through it and in a yoga class i feel to work out some of the kinks and tensions and just get reminded of what's important to us and when i go to my own teachers it's it's a lot of things that i already know and i think for you it's it's really you know all this stuff inside deep inside there's this like inner knowing and it, it's only because things resonate with that that, that you follow them they didn't resonate with that deep inner knowing and truth then you just discard them so again that's all the foundational stuff so i'm going to talk about some actual practical skills and techniques and things to learn and i've created a quiz or a, sort of a self-assessment that you can do at quietmind.yoga core 10 and this is building on what i've shared in previous episodes that what I teach in my teacher training, we're, I'm doing the uh, Quiet Mind Yoga teacher training right now, classes in session as I'm recording this. We're almost through the second phase of training now. I teach in three phases and I teach 10 core competencies. So this is from my own observations, being a student in several teacher trainings and being a uh, assistant in several teacher trainings to create my own where I realized that there's really, we could break it down into 10 core competencies that we could build skill at right again this all comes after that foundation of we're spiritual beings having a human experience here to help and serve and connect with each other and we have everything we need we're perfect whole and brilliant and these are all just skills and tools to add on to that to be more specific when we need to be to be more precise when we want to work on specific areas we want to improve for example strength or flexibility balance we want to understand the mind better meditation or the sutra or the philosophy and history of yoga so now i've created this guide you can go to quietmind.yoga slash core 10 and you can follow along it'll take you maybe 10 minutes just to write your own honest responses 
And the way I've laid it out is that the first answer would be that you're the most confident in that particular area, that one of those 10 core areas. And then going down to one where you're a total beginner in that area. And again, this, this is like maybe some of these things that you read, it's like, I kind of know, I'm not sure, right? Then put a three for that. But by the end of this, you'll have your own sort of assessment to see which general phase of your teaching that you're in. So overall, and you might have some areas that are very strong, some that are very weak. But this is one way, again, it's not the only way, but it's a very helpful way that I've found to sort of assess my own personal growth and really working with my students. Because I'll say as a teacher, like, there's, if I think back to myself a year, 10 years ago, there's so many things that I didn't know that I didn't know. And I'm happy to say and sit here and say openly that in 10 years, there may be a thousand more things that I don't even know that I don't know. And I have a completely different approach and that's okay. But right now where I'm at in my own teaching and what I've sort of codified from 10 plus years of practice, I think this is very helpful and I'm seeing it be very helpful for my students as well. So hopefully it's helpful for you. So you can open up that quiz. I'm going to go through it right now. So you can go to the show notes and get the link to that, or you can go do this at your own time if you're somewhere where you can't do this right now. But you want to set aside about 10 minutes to really think about these questions and write your own honest answers. And you'll get your own sort of results, assessment at the end to say you're either in phase one where you want to go back and study more of the fundamentals and review things, or maybe uh, you're in phase two where you're deepening your practice and you are learning a lot of these different things. Uh, but it's a time right now where you're really learning and integrating and applying that. And there's certain things that you feel really confident in teaching, but there's other things where you're still just kind of learning and applying that. Right. So this is, and then the third phase is where you are just ready to share what you've learned. And so maybe you've done 10 years of vinyasa yoga practice with one teacher. You're full of wisdom and information to share at this point. You're definitely in phase three. But maybe you haven't studied anatomy or you haven't studied teaching skills like verbal cueing and active language versus passive language or mirroring skills. Or maybe you haven't studied the Vedic sciences at all and you're just like, what is Ayurveda? What is Vedic astrology? How is this even relevant to yoga? Right. So there's different areas and there's 10 different areas. And then overall, you'll you'll find that you end up in one of these three phases. Again, you might be in phase three. You might be like an expert at certain aspects of practice. And I'm not one to judge. Like there's plenty of things that I don't know. So I want to really just preface that. Uh, these are the things that I've learned and they may be helpful to you as well. So it's a marker you can use. So the first page is the yoga origins, the history of yoga. So I'm, I'm just going to briefly read through these uh, so you can kind of listen. If you're just listening, you can get a sense for this. So uh, five out of five would be very confident and you've read and can explain the main ideas of the source texts of yoga, including the Vedas, the Upanishads, the Bhagavad Gita, the Yoga Sutra, and the Hatha Yoga Pradipika to someone who is new to them. You've studied Indian history and can explain how the Indus Valley civilization influenced Indian culture. You can explain the role of significant teachers of yoga history, including the Rishis, Krishna, Arjuna, Patanjali, Krishnamacharya, uh, and how they've influenced the evolution of yoga. You've studied Sanskrit and it can explain why Om and Namaste and Asana names are used in modern yoga. You've had years to practice, integrate, and come to your own conclusions on these topics and their role in your practice and teaching. 
So that's kind of a lot of stuff, right? So that's why I did all that prefacing up front, because these are just interesting topics and facts to go deeper into, and they're pulled right from my own teacher training. These are the things that I cover in my teacher training and make sure that my students can answer at least a three, more likely a four, maybe even a five on these questions. So to get to a place where you understand those concepts, you have a good enough understanding that you could share it with someone else. And that's where you really get to phase three, where it's like you've integrated it and you're ready to share it. But maybe you're more in phase two, where you're still kind of processing about what is the Gita? How does this make sense in my own life? Or maybe all that stuff was like a foreign language and you're like, what is he talking about? I thought yoga was just stretching. And that was me 10 plus years ago when I went to my first class. Uh, so if that's you, great. That's, you've got so much ahead of you that's so fascinating and interesting to discover. And I just gave you a whole bunch of clues of where to look to, to find some growth in your practice. And again, not saying it's the only way to grow as your, in your practice and the only way to understand the history of yoga, but these are the ways that I found most helpful. So the next page is the yoga philosophy. And yoga philosophy, if you're fairly confident in that, like a five out of five, you've read and can explain the main philosophies of the source text of yoga. So Samkhya philosophy, again, the Upanishads and the Gita and the Yoga Sutra, to someone who's new to them. You've memorized and applied key yoga sutras such as Yoga Chitta Vritti Narodaha or Stira Sukha Asana. You understand and can teach about the Atman and Brahman and Purusha and Prakriti, the three gunas, the eight limbs of yoga, moksha, samskaras, anicca, sukha. Again, this is a lot of stuff, right? So if you're all, if this is all over your head, that's okay. But again, like these are great places to look, to learn more things. Just Google any of those things and you'll find a, a breadth of awesome teachers and YouTube videos and books. So if you're interested in yoga philosophy, if you're a five out of five, that means like in my teacher training that you've like, you've passed the quiz, you got all those answers right, you've had some time to integrate these things, you've learned them. And if you're new, fine, it's going to take you a while to, to have time to integrate things. And that's okay. That's important. It's necessary. We're not going to, yoga is not meant to be learned overnight. It's a lifelong practice. And even uh, in some Vedic texts, they'll say many, many lifetimes uh, but I, I don't quite get into that stuff, so I'm not going to speak to that. But again, you could be somewhat confident in that. You could be pretty confident. You could be a total beginner. Wherever you are is perfect. So I talk about meditation and just briefly going through these. Uh, next is asana, understanding the postures. And this is where most people feel most confident early on. Like you can understand what is a beginner posture, what's an advanced posture, right? You can just tell just looking at it, even if you're totally new, it's pretty obvious. Like, does it look more like a circus contortion or just like somebody sitting down, right? So uh, you can tell kind of the obvious things of alignment and anatomy. And you can understand drishti, the bandhas, when to use blocks and blankets and straps. If So a five out of five would be like, if a student comes to you with requests and like anything, just about. And you can have at least something to offer them of value. So they could have plantar fasciitis or uh, uh, abdomen injury. They had to get surgery and their abdomen is cut open, right? What kind of stuff could they do? What, what are they going to do differently than everyone else? Maybe they had a shoulder impingement. 
right? So understanding how to work with injuries, it's a bit more advanced, but that's like a, you know, the five out of five I've put as a pretty high bar. And it's something that I feel like I'm, I'm still learning these things as well. I wouldn't say that I'm like perfect in any of this stuff. I would say I'm still always learning, but I have had time to integrate and apply things and see like, okay, this is important to learn. So you might be at that stage of like, those are interesting topics, but I don't know how to help somebody with plantar fasciitis. I don't even know exactly what that is for sure. So then you'd have to Google it and maybe read some books, maybe watch some videos, talk to a physical therapist. And then you do that and then you feel really confident with it. And then you do that with shoulder impingement and you do that with low back pain. And, and it's just this progression where you start to build this confidence and skill over time in all these different areas. The next page, I talk about anatomy, building confidence in yoga anatomy, and just understanding the ways the body can move, flexion, extension, abduction, and adduction, neuromuscular efficiency. Again, this is like the high-level stuff. Like if you, can, if you can get to a five out of five and feel super confident in that, knowing all of these different things about eccentric load and isometric strength and how they relate to flexibility and why just emphasizing flexibility can be harmful to the muscles. And then there's the apprenticeship lesson, which if you've studied with a teacher or taken a teacher training, you've probably got some pretty good mentors and teachers and guides. So you could probably get a pretty good score on that one. And that's usually a really good place to start, the asana and the apprenticeship, because you can really build on those and have a really solid foundation. Then there's the business of yoga, which is a whole other topic, but feeling confident in your marketing, scheduling, and charging what you're worth. Energetic anatomy, understanding the chakras, pranayama, the koshas, singing bowls, crystals, all these things, the values, how they relate to yoga, kundalini, and then there's teaching skills, understanding how to use the skills of pacing and style and sequencing and active language, and the Vedic sciences, finally. So there's 10 areas, and this one is all about Ayurveda, Vedic astrology understanding the doshas and the unique types of routines and rhythms that help people feel in alignment so again get this quiz it's awesome it's a great way to sort of measure your own progress and it's at quietmind.yoga slash core 10 c-o-r-e one zero and i'll give you some things at the end of that so talk about which phase you're in and what things you could focus on learning ways that i can support you it's a free guide i think you'll get a lot out of it and if you're enjoying this podcast, leave a review because in the next month, I'm giving away a free Mindful New Year online course. You can only enter to win by leaving an honest review on this podcast or the Quiet Mind Yoga podcast or the Quiet Mind Astrology podcast. All right, so thank you for listening and hope you have a great rest of your week.